1: to be back with you folks. Thank you for being part of this community, uh, allowing this broadcast to come across your airwaves. And, you know, with me as always is Miss Stephanie. You know, Stephanie, we came into this saying, well, what we want to do is make a difference. And one of the ways we think we can do that, well, obviously we want to bring honor to glory in God. We want to share the gospel of Jesus Christ with every podcast. And we also want to talk about what a lot of folks go through. 20% of the population are dealing with PTSD. 100% of the population is dealing with being hurt and hurt and folks left us down, letting us down, and things of that nature, so we decided that we are going to talk about a characteristic of PTSD every day before we get going. We kind of replaced, you might be a knucklehead, we replaced, uh, you might be right with God, and we're looking at these characteristics, and we decided that this whole week, uh, every day when we get together, we wanted to talk about triggers and so we remember just going backwards and thinking about this that our trauma can be anything we've given a lot of examples of what our trauma can be i've seen things from everything from abuse to you know witnessing to seeing to car accidents to constant gaslighting the narcissist you know making people feel down to people stealing people's worst to bereavement stephanie another thing that you can add to your list uh you know, all these types of things work as traumas. And we try to look at over and over again, what is the trigger that sets that off? So we know that Stephanie suffers from a few kinds of PTSD. She has what we call uh, complex, multiple, uh, traumas. And, and, and so Stephanie now getting away from the trauma of what happened there in Cameroon and the loss of dear Charles and those triggers, uh, we know that you suffer from other triggers that can set things off and uh, uh, among the way you dealt with some things in your life where people made you feel pretty bad and and said things to you and set off things and gaslighting and and uh, just slowly taking away the joy you had in your life and confidence and things like that are there are there still triggers today that set you off there
2: yeah quite honestly um it's it's ironic that you have brought all this up because um <clears throat> I actually this morning dealt with a flashback trigger, whatever you want to call it um, from something that happened the year, the spring um, after Charles and I got married and mother's day, you know, we have mother's day coming up, which is always a great holiday um, to remember or it should be. But um, boy, how detailed do you get? Needless to say, Um, about a month before mother's day of that, that first year, if we were married, I had to sit and be screamed and yelled at Charles and I did, um, because he had been brought up that you let certain people do that because that's what honoring and godliness looks like is to let people scream and yell at at you and your wife. Anyways, this morning that whacked me in the face and I haven't thought of that. I don't even remember the last time. Yeah. But it was right back there. And it had it totally was because I was thinking, you know, here I'm in the joys of getting stuff ready for a mother-daughter banquet and Mother's Day packages for the ladies at church on Mother's Day. And I'm, I'm working through all this really fun, exciting stuff, doing stuff I absolutely love. And it triggered this memory of abuse. Okay, that's what it was. And it was like I was right back there reliving, burying my head while this person screamed and yelled and said all of these wicked, hateful things, but because of who it was, it was considered normal. And this is blasphemous to even say this, I feel like, but it was kind of, she was considered this godly person. So her screaming and yelling were okay. And
1: yeah. And that's that crazy trigger
2: because yeah. of mother's day. You know what I'm yeah. saying? That's yeah. what's sick is. Sometimes it's really good things that will, tr- yeah. especially with abuse. I feel like Satan uses abusers to destroy times in life that should be full of joy, um, should be full of everything. That's awesome but Satan uses abusers to destroy those times. And so hence you deal with triggers around times that you shouldn't have to deal with triggers.
1: Exactly. And, and, you know, again, this is one of these unique things about PTSD. I mean, it's caused by, you know, a narcissist can bring you down that PTSD highway. And that's why, you know, as we finish the book of Proverbs, we're we're probably going to spend a year talking about everything involved with narcissism and how not to be a narcissist and how things go and what the Bible has to say, because you, you devalue somebody's truth. I mean, you know, Stephanie's raised in the church. She's raised reading the Bible. She's memorized the book of Philippians. She's memorized hundreds of verses and, uh, her husband's memorized the Book of Philippians. He's memorized hundreds of verses. They're involved in the music ministry, pastorate, things of that nature. And you're, you know, people continuously gaslight, devalue slowly, sometimes real overtly, as in this story. Would well, just shut up. She's right. You're not. I mean, this is craziness, and this is a trigger that can come back. I have a good friend of mine who has a trigger of Amazing Grace. He carried so many bodies yeah. in the army too you know, back home and, uh, and did these military funerals and, and buried these young men and young women who gave themselves for our country for freedom in war. And he can remember the amazing grace always playing at these churches and, and that, so again, these triggers and triggers are something that we try to stay away from or we learn to live with, you know, number one, we try to stay away from it. Number two, in sometimes, some cases you cannot, and uh, so we transition anyway over now to Proverbs 17. We've been working on that for a little while, and uh, I was thinking about Jonah yesterday, Stephanie, and I was thinking about you know what would Jonah's family say, or what did they say when he when he told them the story when he got back home from Nineveh and told them the story about reaching Nineveh? I think at least one of them had to say that sounds a little fishy to me. I just just wanted to say. That. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that was
2: that was good, Doug. That was. Yeah. Joe would be proud. Yeah.
1: Yeah. I think Joe would be proud of that. So here we are. We're in (laughs) Proverbs chapter number 17, uh, verse number four, it says a wicked doer giveth heed to false lips and a liar giveth ear, a mighty tongue. And, uh, wow, that's some pretty heavy stuff there. And, uh, you know, when it, when it comes to lips or that are spoken, false lips, you know, evil people spread those things and, and, and people receive them. And it, it's almost like so, it, you know, an evildoer, they not only have evil lips, but they listen to people. So they give heed to it. They allow them to speak to that. They want to pass it on. And uh, I think that's what we're seeing here. They, they constantly want to pass that on. And, uh, and, and then that liar, you know, they listen eagerly to a spiteful tongue. So this is this whole gossip. This is the gossip cycle, I think here, Stephanie. It's this mm. crazy cycle of gossip. I mean, what are you thinking?
2: Yeah, I think you're you're right on and uh, it says a wicked doer giveth heed to false lips and a liar giveth ear. So in both sense we both parts of this verse, someone is making a choice to listen. okay, So to give heed, in other words, they're they're following. It's almost this. It's almost a sense of obedience um, where they're following false lips, and then it follows up. It's almost like the idea of birds of a feather flock together in yeah. a very awful sense, um, where we where you're magnetized, where wicked people are magnetized to other wicked people, and they band. As so we get we get the, that workers of iniquity term in scripture, well, it's made up of people like this. And both, both times it's false lips and a naughty tongue and the power, the power of a deceptive, crooked, forked tongue and the damage it can do. And, you know, I, I think this is a, the, there's two sides of a warning here of don't be someone who has the false lips and the naughty tongue. But if you are the one who is making the choice to give heed to, or give ear to, that the, those false lips, that lying tongue, guess what? You're called a wicked doer and a liar. In other words, you become a part of that same iniquity when you go along with it. Yeah. So yeah. there's a lot cramped in this little verse.
1: <laughs> yeah. It's, you know, it's, it, it's crazy to me. It, it's crazy to think about, you know, how does gossip happen? Uh, you know, it's a vicious cycle and, and God's word's telling us right here. You know, that, you know, that evil person, that evil, you know, we're going to listen to it and, uh, uh, you know, and, and we have a spiteful tongue as well. We're going to spread it. We're going to be part of this, you know, so both the liar and his audience have no taste for what's real, what's true, what's godly. When we get caught up with that, we're the complete opposite of what God has for us. So I I think Mm -hmm. the caution coming out of this, Stephanie is, Hey, listen, friends, don't be either side of that go out of your way uh, to not be an evildoer and go out of your way to not spread that. That's one of the hard things in life though, Stephanie, is, you know, when you, when, when people are spreading stuff, it's almost like it's human nature or it's an evil human nature that we want to spread that on. But, but God's pretty clear on that. That's spiteful. That's wrong. You know, even though you didn't say it, you still have a role in the gossip cycle and that role is to say enough. I'm not spreading it. I'm not doing it. (laughs) And and then we look at seventeen five, and it says, "Whoso marketh the poor reproaches his Maker, and he that is glad at calamities shall not be unpunished." So you know, it's almost like when you reproach, when when you know when you mark the poor, and uh, it it reproaches the Master, I think, or, or it, it it it's or the Maker, you know, is the word here in the Bible. So I think when we think of that uh, when you're marking the poor, you're doing something bad to God. And, mm. uh, and you know, and it's not going to go unpunished, you know, when yeah, you're mocking God's these, not a bully. Yeah. And he's not part of being, and boy, don't we know bullies today? Aren't there so yeah. many, we see them on TV, people hitting people. I mean, I, someone said, did you see the other night where somebody slapped somebody during the hour? No, I don't watch stuff like that, but yeah, this is a world with which we live. You know, we live in a world today, first of all, if someone says something bad about somebody's wife or somebody's friend or something and and people aren't right, they're going to belt them. Um, But I I think, you know, going back to the intent of this verse is there are people out there who are genuinely poor, not by things they're doing, not by being lazy. Uh, That's just a trial that God has given them. You know, they maybe don't get the best job. Maybe they got a lot going on with their house. Maybe they're not the most educated. Maybe, I mean, we can go on all different ways here, but we have no right mocking them. We have no right doing anything with them in that way.
2: Yeah, agreed. Well, and and understanding that, um says he that is glad at calamities shall not be unpunished. Mm. And... I have watched people laugh at other people's calamities and guess what? They are narcissists. They are bullies where it's this sense of it, it it almost, and this, this almost makes me nauseous to say this, but it gives them a sense of gratification to know that someone else that they already didn't care for was going through something hard where they would get this smirk on their face. Like, Oh, I'm so glad to hear that. And it's like, that is so evil because that's inhumane. Okay. This we we there are there are people who do not know God that have a more tender heart for other human beings than some people that call themselves Christians that respond in this way. And so this is very serious because God says He sees when you do that. He sees when you get a smirk because someone else is going through something, something, or because someone's been sent you know has has had something happen says who's the mock at the poor reproach at this maker if you're laughing at someone else because they're suffering whether it's poor financially whether it's poor yeah. because they've just been broken if you're in any way shape or form think that's funny
1: yeah you got problems. oh
2: my god yeah, yeah that's just it's yeah. nauseating
1: you know if you're happy to hear about someone's misfortune or calamity or whatever you want to call it if in some way you're happy about that and you're mocking that and and it brings you joy or it makes your day, I mean, there's something not right about our hearts and souls. You know, we speak Jesus, we speak grace. We, we're a different, we're a different cut and we have everything we need within us to be compassionate. You know, I've always been an empath, Stephanie, even in the midst of my loudness and crazy. I think you can, say that and i can clearly say you're an empath i mean we're people who show empathy all the time and we uh, start
2: crying for people we we cry for people
1: and we give stuff away all the time
2: and i'm not saying that to brag that's just no i think when you've been through junk yeah it just changes how you look at other people going through junk
1: i cry every day you know i mean somewhere during the day i just up and cry and uh, yeah but i think you know, you don't have to be a complete empath. Don't get me wrong, to be a Christian, to be right with God. But if somebody's misfortune is making you happy, something's yeah. wrong there. You know, you need to get that right with God. And, and I mean, starting now, and uh, if you got somebody that disgusts you that bad or something, just stay away from them. And uh, because I'll tell you, our God is the God of grace our God, you know, we speak yeah. grace. We, we live grace We're we're living in a zone where that's so much more important. So I, I just want to go ahead and, and just point out to you, think about what you're doing. Think about the way you handle things like that. And then there's the other side of that. You know, you rejoice with them that rejoice, Stephanie. And, and, yeah. Uh, yeah. you know, there's an, there's another side to relationships. And that other side is, you know, somebody turns around and, and gives me $10 million and says, build the biggest house in Greenville County, uh, South Carolina, uh, well, I'm I'm going to try to talk them into using it for the retreat. But if they give it, you know, <laughs> we have a responsibility to be happy for the person that got the ten million dollars. You know, we're going to yeah. rejoice with them because that's what God has for them. So, so remember that. And I want to hop into this next verse. This is a good verse, and it says, children's children, so you know your your uh, grandchildren are the crown of old men and the glory of children." are their fathers. And, uh, so, you know, so I think grandchildren, and I don't know this, but they're like a crown of glory to a grandparent. And, uh, and, and then the glory of the children, I was thinking about this and the glory trying to put this into uh, understandable sense in my mind is always kind of hard. Um, but I think that, you know, is the glory to their parents. I think that, you know, that verse saying in the glory of children are their fathers. And, uh, so you're looking at that and, and, um, I think that, uh, you know, it would, we should live as a parent. How do I want to say this as a father, as a parent, we should live in such a way that would cause their children to find glory in them. Does that make sense? We should live
2: yes in a
1: way like your dad yeah. lives. So Stephanie's got a, yeah. a, a, a great, her dad's got a double dose of being a good guy. I think that's what yeah. that's talking about. There, live in such a way that your kids uh, are proud in a godly way of what you're doing, yeah. and can see God's glory through you. Did I get that right, yeah. Stephanie?
2: I think so. I think you're right on. A yeah. good father, a good father. God builds that relationship in, and um, we were actually talking about a situation earlier, right before we got on. But when a when a child, when a child says to okay, and I'm not talking a child who's a rebel. I'm talking a child who who wants to serve God, who loves God. But when a child says to me or a young person says to me, I love my dad so much, but I'm so scared of him. Mm. There's a problem when when those scenarios are going on, there's something wrong because that's not how God intends it to be. And we have pushed and pushed and pushed for years in, in Christendom that a child is to give the their heart to their father. Well, let me be the advocate for the children and say, parents, fathers, mothers, you need to give your heart to your children. And by that, I mean what what you said, Doug, where our children can glory in us because they know that we love them unconditionally. They know that we are willing to die for them, and it's and we're not just there with the hammer over their heads every time they mess up because
1: that's
2: not why God gave us our children. Right. Yeah. And And and, so to invest in them.
1: Yeah. It's that generational, you know, we pass on junk and we pass on good stuff and, and, you know, I hate oversimplifying things. That's why I took a minute explaining this. I really wanted to get this right. But I, you know, as a dad, as a mom, we're passing stuff on to our children. And, you know, even if we're not a parent and we're around other kids, we are passing on this generational junk, but we can also pass on this generational glory of God and serving him and honoring him and, and being that person that doesn't anger quickly, being that wise person, being prudent, boy, that's something your kids will glory. in. I can't, I can't tell you how many funerals I've went to for really great men and women and have had the kids say, you know, you know, Doug, they were really great. And I agree with Mm. them. And, uh, and I think that's where we're trying to go here. We're trying to, you know, as Christians where every day we're trying to be a little better every single day, we're trying to do things a little better. And this parent thing, this isn't an easy job, Stephanie. And, and, uh, you know, you get a knucklehead or two. I mean, you got eight kids. You've always got one that's acting like a knucklehead, but you know, when you're, when you're going through a knucklehead stage with your kids, that's the hardest time to be a parent. You know, they, if they get caught up in themselves and they're arrogant and and things like that and having to get through that the right way. And, and so parents, I'm not saying anything you don't know. I'm saying that everybody who's ever been a parent's been there, you know, all kids, whether you have one or a hundred, uh, boy. And, and so uh, just remember what's what needs to come out of this at the end of the day, yeah. and uh, at the end of the day, what needs to come out of this is an example, an example that's that right. points right up to heaven, and says, "Look at mom, you know, look at dad. They have made a big difference yes. in our life." So um, that's right. And God has you. If they can use the word God when they talk about mom or dad, good things came out of your lives, my friend. So
2: in a way of God being glorified, yes.
1: Yeah, bringing honor and glory. Yeah. Yeah. So anyway, we started this off. We, again, we talked about these triggers we let Stephanie get even, I told you Stephanie's messed up. We could fit like six uh, broadcasts here with just her triggers. But anyway, we're not, we're going to go ahead and uh, work with some of my triggers tomorrow. But I was thinking about this, Stephanie, you know, as we talk about triggers and we, we talk about trauma, you know, then on our identity, we, we want to remind you That's folks, right. that your identity is found in Christ. And uh, so I want to remind you of that. I want to remind you that your identity is not your PTSD. Your identity is not your trauma. Your identity is not your triggers that, you know, that bring up those traumas. Your identity is somebody who is in Jesus Christ. And let me tell you something, friends, that's a pretty great place to be. Well, we sure do hope you have a great day. And if there's anything we can do to help you, please find us on Helpful Wounded Spirits Facebook page. Drop us a note. We'll be glad to get back to you. I think we're even going to go ahead and read a note uh, tomorrow. Tomorrow with our broadcast, we, we generally get five or 10 a week. I answer them. Uh, some of them seem like they're good enough to talk to everybody about. And I, I think we have one of those for tomorrow. We sure do love you folks. We hope you have a great day and we'll see you real soon. May God bless you.